This is the day I've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, January 31st, David's favorite day. <laughs> <laughs> the day we talk about Batman. Hello and welcome to Our Friends the Anthology. I'm Ron. I'm David. And yes, David's correct. We're going to talk about Batman the Animated Series. Yes. And for those of you just tuning in for this show, here's how it works. One of us comes uh, with a show that we really love and that the other person either stopped watching or doesn't have any experience with. And we try to get them to understand why we like the show and why they should keep watching the show, why they should give it their time. And previously we'd done Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And now we're going to start a four episode series of Batman the Animated Series. So David's chosen four episodes that he thinks demonstrate why this is a great show. And I don't think I need to explain anything. <laughs> you saw the episode. Do we even need to do the other Am three? Am I sold? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we do need to do the other three. Not no, no spoilers. but So the episode this week is season one, episode seven, technically. Joker's favorite. I'm not even sure if that's true because there's actually, there were two different sequences for the Batman. So there was like, they were there's an air date and then there was production, production date. date. And, and this is the first Joker episode that was aired, but not the first one that was produced. Yeah, this was way later in terms of production, I think. Yeah, they they for some reason that stuff got really messed up. And it's worth knowing that this show is streaming on Amazon Prime. If you want to check it out. Yeah. Super convenient. Here's my first note. Opening. Damn. Yeah. Is an amazing opening with him on the highway or with the opening titles. The opening titles, yeah. No, I love the opening titles. Art, it, it's art. They're beautiful. Yeah. And I, by the way, can I just say something? You should borrow my DVDs because I streamed it on Amazon and it looked lousy. Yeah, there's a lot great. of judder and like bad. What do you call that? Like artifacting and all that. Yeah, I found myself wishing that I could watch like a 4K version or like, you know, really crisp, clear art. And I know that because of the way it was produced in the air, it was produced. It probably doesn't exist that in that like. Really? I thought it was. I thought there was a film print of it somewhere. Oh, I guess maybe. I'm not sure what the, how the technology behind that works. I've been dreaming to see a Blu-ray of it. Mm. I think there's a petition or something. Oh. Oh, it would look great. Well, I'm, I'm really good at signing petitions by now. <laughs> if you need me to like stand somewhere around and wave a sign i've been waiting for the protest to get me involved i think this might be it yeah there's nothing else no other worthy causes at the moment <laughs> i'm just, I just have all this poster board sitting around for nothing <laughs> i want to just give a little bit of background so this the people who they farmed out to uh to do the animation for them mm. it was a japanese company uh called sunrise and they went on or had already done some really notable anime shows japanese animated shows one of them was cowboy bebop which is one of the most famous yeah anime of all time that's been on my list for a while and so this episode is maybe not the best indication of it or evidence of it but sometimes they get really good and you can see it in the opening titles and you can see it in explosions a lot mm-hmm there are episodes and there are sequences of this show that has some amazing animation. Here's my question. Does the animation ever live up to that opening episode? 
no, that has to be the best. Okay. I mean, that makes sense that they would put more time and the look would be more distinctive. And I did feel a little bit let down once the episode actually started and I realized the art style wasn't quite as striking, but it does, it still looks really cool. So why'd you pick this episode? Uh, okay. I'll explain. I don't mean to sound so skeptical. I, why? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay. So first of all, you're a Batman novice pretty much. I've seen the Christopher Nolan movies. I've seen I've seen most of the movies, and I've yeah, but played... that's totally different than you haven't watched any of the you haven't read any comic books. You haven't watched any of this show. I've played the, some of the video games, the Arkham Arkham Asylum, which is amazing. But Arkham I feel like you're City. already getting the post Nolan version of Batman in there, and yeah, it draws a lot more from the comic books in that. But and it obviously has some of the same voice actors from. Batman the Animated right. Series. It has Mark Hamill as a Joker, who's phenomenal. And Kevin Conroy as Batman, I thought. I didn't know that. That's possible. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure know. you're right, and I'm wrong. I mean, I didn't say anything. It's like, can't be wrong. It's kind yeah, of but you're wrong MO. anyway. <laughs> can you say something so you can be wrong? Sure. Great. <laughs> Trump's a fascist. Oh, no. It's the one thing you can be right about. <laughs> but a sexy fashion <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't think anyone's disputing that you don't see anyone say, tweeting that trump isn't sexy uh, you may disagree with his politics but we all have to agree on his sex appeal anyways back to batman the animated series enough about batman villains <laughs> so yeah so i thought this would be a good one to introduce this is kind of a good indication of what the show was, more or less. It introduces the Joker, because I think this is, if I recall correctly, there's not going to be another Joker episode. And this is a good portrayal of Mark Hamill's Joker. I thought this is one of the stronger Joker episodes. This really nailed the Joker yes. in okay. my mind. Yes, thank you. Okay, so this, I, can I gush about this show a little bit? Sure. This show is one of my biggest influences of my life. Wow. It's one of the biggest influences of my life. I uh, <laughs> explains your nightly. Yeah, I'm busy vigilante. at night. It's a lot. Can't talk about why. No, I. Uh, it just had a huge effect on me. I saw it when I was a kid. This is how I was introduced to Batman. He's oh, one of wow. my favorite. He's. I think he's one of my favorite like characters in literature. Or the. I don't know. Not maybe not him because I'm about to explain some stuff that I think the show is really clever for doing, but the mythos around him and and his and the villain the rogues gallery that he has also like the art deco style yeah. and the weird old-fashioned nostalgia things that are going on that they're kind of borrowing and using that had a huge influence on me before i even understood what they're kind of hearkening back to and it has a real sense of humor it has a great sense of humor this show fought there and I'm going to talk more about this in future episodes, but this show fought to be what it was. And mm. I'll, one example of it is, I don't think you see it in this episode, but there are guns in this show and people firing them and bullets. And it's a kid's show. And another show that came out around the same time was the Spider-Man animated series. Mm. And every gun that was fired in that was like a laser futuristic thing. They couldn't use real guns. It was against, you know, censorship, right? Mm. And not without reason, not like stupid censorship, right. not yeah. frivolous censorship, but, you know, these are kids shows. And the creators of this show, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim and Eric Adomsky, they fought really hard, and Kevin Altieri, they fought really hard 
I don't know if Kevin Altieri was a producer. He directed a few of I think he was like one of the main parts of the show, but they fought really hard to make it as adult as possible, that it, that it could be both, that it could be a kid's show and it could be an adult show. And they fought to keep guns in it. They said, you have to have guns and we're not going to be, we're not going to be senseless about the guns. And, and Spider-Man is kind of an example of that's a kid's show. Like they played down to their audience. Right. And this show doesn't write down to their audience, I don't think, or maybe at times, but not really. Not in this episode. And so that was like this hard fought battle that they won. And it's just kind of epitomizes what they were doing. They really set out to make something super meaningful, something that they wanted to see. And they just kind of invented what, how I see Batman and, and they reinvented so much with him. Okay, I just have so many things that I want to well, get into. Do but. you want to hear what I think about it? Or? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, go ahead. Sorry. I I really liked it. And I'm cu- I'm definitely curious to see more. And okay. I think that I had really no idea what to expect going into it because Batman's tough and Batman's dark. And I realized it had comic book roots, but I had no idea what to expect from an animated series based around something kind of so adult and interesting. And all of the Batman villains, and you know, I don't have an encyclopedia knowledge of Batman by any means. We've talked about how I'm a casual fan, but all of the villains are sort of psychologically damaged in a way and i think that this show really captures that in in an interesting fashion and mark hamill's joker is the joker is incredible and here's here's how i know that they nailed the joker so a, a quick summary is this guy charlie is on the freeway his name charlie yeah charlie collins i think yeah voiced by ed bigley jr oh my god yeah I didn't even know that. So he's on the freeway at night, and this car is really ticking him off. So he... Yeah, he's going home in rush hour. Yeah. This car cuts him off, and he gets mad. He stands up for himself. Yeah, and then he realizes that it was the Joker in the car, and so he sort of casually tries to get away and uh, pretend like nothing happened, but Joker starts chasing after him, and as you just see things he's gotten away, Joker... Uh, well, he, he first of all, he has the crappiest car in the world. He, like, <laughs> he takes a detour and then the car dies. And so Joker catches up to him and approaches him and says, you know, I'm going to let you go, but you're going to owe me a favor. And he goes, what? And he goes, I don't know yet. And two years later, Charlie's moved. He changed his name. He's, He's tried to relocated. avoid having to ever deal with the Joker. And, yeah. and Joker tracks him down and asks him for a favor to come to this what is it like a dinner Police, or party? Uh, yeah. yeah, for Commissioner Gordon, right? And uh, cashes in on the favor. And so here's here's where I knew that they nailed the Joker. They fly Charlie to New York, and yes, they're at the. I know what you're about, about to, to go into the party, and Charlie's like, "I'm not, I'm not going to hurt anyone or whatever." Like I just like, what is this favor? And Joker's, and I think Harley says, "You just got to open the door." And he's like, just just open the door. She's like, yeah. You flew I got, me all the way out to yeah, open a door? Yeah, she's like, yeah, I got this cake. You don't expect me to wheel in the cake. No, Joker says that oh, part. Yeah. yeah. You don't expect her to wheel in the cake and open the door at the same time, do you? Look at the size of the cake. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And there was a part of me that honestly thought that maybe 
this whole thing like would just the favor would just be him opening the opening the door and letting them get the take in and maybe the cake really was just to celebrate like i totally bought into the joker's plot which was insane because it would you know you would think that would make for a boring episode but just the idea that the joker is unhinged enough that he would just get that the whole thing would be a joke yeah Yeah, and that he would have tracked this guy down and kept tabs on him for two years just to catch cash on this favor of him opening the door again like that's brilliant because i think that that is the joker that's what makes him so wildly unpredictable yeah and so that's why they they give the joker there's so many funny lines in here yeah and they give the joker so much stuff that's legitimately funny but also crazy yeah it's just oh it's the perfect it is the perfect realization of that character also the character designs are pretty fantastic i think i don't i've never seen a character design as good as the joke i mean it draws a lot from the alan moore like brian beland uh killing joke style him but it really nails the silhouettes for the different characters i think if you saw these characters drawn in just black and white like just silhouettes you would be able to recognize them instantly yeah which is just really it's strong a testament to yeah also i just love how every episode opens on these very uh on these like serial stills with the like very artistic and they play the little music and they have the great typeface and oh, it just makes every episode such a yeah like you're getting a gift basically also like this goes to what i said about voice acting mark hamill is an amazing voice actor. Yeah. And his portrayal of the Joker is the best, I, I think. And it's it's one of the greatest voice acting performances. And then another one who's great is Kevin Conroy, who, yeah. by the way, shows up in a Cheers episode once. Oh, wow. And this is another thing, that this is one of the best portrayals. So this is Batman done right, too. And I'll explain more of why I think that is. But Kevin, just Kevin Conroy, so... Like, Christian Bale didn't invent the deep Batman voice. Kevin Conroy, if you hear him as Bruce Wayne, they don't do too much Bruce Wayne in this episode, but there's the part where he's talking to the commissioner at the banquet, and he does this, like, friendly, affable voice that it's a totally different register, and then there's the Batman voice. And the Batman voice does not sound like a put-on at all. It's the normal, it's the Bruce Wayne voice that sounds like a phony thing. Oh, that's an interesting twist. I hadn't noticed that, but I'll watch out for that. Not so phony that you're like, wait, this is ridiculous. But when you compare the two, like when he talks as, when he speaks as Batman, he just sounds like a guy with a deep voice and an intimidating register. You know what I mean? I will say, I, not to totally get off topic, but the Christian Bale portrayal of Bruce Wayne does have sort of two modes. There's like Bruce Wayne that's just Bruce Wayne and Alfred, and there's Bruce Wayne drunken playboy Bruce Wayne, which does sound put on. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. And they do that in this show, but they, I don't think if when he's Bruce Wayne, I'm not sure if he talks, if he ever talks like that in private to Alfred. Hmm. I wonder if they made, I would have to look. I I could be totally wrong, but I wonder if he just uses the Batman voice. Anyway, it's just a great Batman because it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like, I'm not the one where, you know what I mean? It's not a forced thing at all. That was spot on. Not as good as my Harley Quinn impersonation, (laughs) but pretty good. This is actually the first appearance of Harley Quinn. Oh, cool. They invented her for the show. Really? Yeah. And that's something that I wanted to talk about, how much influence this show had on Batman, too. Like, 
in a cyclical because they drew a lot from the comics but they and a little bit from uh not really much from the michael keaton tim burton batmans but um they also ended up influencing the comics and stuff a lot so harley quinn became one of the most famous characters in batman's rogues gallery they also reinvented mr freeze he was this really silly silver age villain from batman and then they just totally changed his back. And then that's been in the comics ever since. And that's been canon. That's cool. They actually got the idea for Harley Quinn from a soap opera appearance that Arlene Sorkin was playing this weird uh, thing in like a dream sequence. And hmm. I guess one of the producers saw that. And, and then she came and tried out for the part. And they're like, let's let's do let's make that into the Joker's sidekick. Huh. Unfortunately, there's an episode that is like one of the best of this series that we're not going to get to because there was too much setup. Mm. Yeah. But if you keep watching, maybe we can talk about it in some future thing. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Theoretically, if I were to go and watch more of this show, which I'm not going to say yet if I would, <laughs> and I really, I've really only watched one episode so far. Uh-huh. Is it a show that demands that you kind of watch it in order? Like, are there, is it serialized or? No, but you don't know anything about Batman. And there are things, there are certain sh- episodes that I really wanted to include. Some of like what's considered the best, what are considered the best. And some of them that are my favorites. And I felt like they wouldn't be good for you. Cause you're not yet like totally indoctrinated into like that you're gonna miss the little nuances that really color it. Okay, fair enough. I loved how Charlie becomes sort of not really the villain at the end, but one ups the Joker. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for a second you like worry that he's gone too far. Because he yeah. takes it into his own his own hands. He's like, now that we've got the Joker, like we can't let him keep go- he's just gonna escape again. He has this whole thing that is kind of the question of Batman, like why do you keep letting these villains live? Right. And you wonder if he's going to ever come back from that. It's because yeah. it seems like he might have just reached his tipping his right. breaking point. Yeah. And he did, wants to do it for his own safety, too, and for his family. Oh, so things I loved th- and reasons I chose it. So obviously, it introduces the Joker really well and like how he appears in this show. It makes him scary. Like when I was a kid, I remember this episode kind of freaking me out in the beginning where he's driving and cuts off by mistake the joker and then when he realizes it's the joker it puts this weird like it grounds it a little bit like the joker's just driving in a car but it makes it like it could happen to anybody and the way that right. charlie collins is just so freaked out and trying to run away just like tells you that this guy is not someone you want to deal with you know, and the Joker's just driving dangerous. an unassuming station wagon. I know, right? He has the best stuff. He has the best outfits too. This yeah. like silly trench coat and hat. But that makes it even more like if if there's anything in the world that's safe to cut off and or to curse at, <laughs> it's a, a station wagon with a briefcase on top. You know? <laughs> I do it all the time. But the, it does. It taps that whole taking somebody off right in a road rage incident. Sort of taps into something like real and yeah, primal. Yeah, yeah. I love that it's about this mild-mannered man doing one small thing that ends up having a big effect. Like he's yeah. he is trapped in this horrible situation where he has to aid and abet the Joker in this thing and he all he manages to do 
is to make a makeshift bat signal. Yeah. And then Batman's able to save the day. I guess he has like one other moment where he, where he takes the bomb or whatever, the fake bomb. But like he just had to do this one little thing that was in his power, but he had to have kind of the guts and a little bit of, you know, ingenuity to pull it off and, and it ends up. And so in a way he's the hero of the episode. It's funny because I actually sort of assumed that that makeshift bat signal that he uses was going to backfire. That that was oh. the Joker's plan all along, that he wanted to get Batman to the party. Oh. No, you're overthinking it. <laughs> I love like the line where the Joker goes, he hands Commissioner Gordon the bomb and he goes, from me and all the guys doing 25 to light. <laughs> I do just want to take a moment to highlight. So I watched this on Amazon Prime streaming. And if you watch it on one of their tablets or I think through a web browser, they have something called x-ray viewing. And if you move your mouse or if you, you don't even have to pause the video, but it'll show you this overlay with who's in the scene and trivia that's relevant to that scene. And I found that to be a really cool way to watch stuff. Especially Whoa, they if did that for before. this? Yeah. Oh, I've so that's how I knew that that's how I knew that Ed Bagley Jr. was the voice because it, oh, it lists that. You know, it can be distracting at times. You'll find yourself checking it if things are slow. And, you know, it's, it's better for some shows than others. There isn't a ton of episode-specific trivia for Batman the Animated Series, but uh-huh. it's it's really well done, and I think that it does add a layer to the viewing experience. That's really cool. One of the things that this show does super well is the way that they portray Batman. And in this, the arc of the episode is that Charlie, who's, like, scared and avoiding, takes things into his own hands. Mm-hmm. and uh and does something to stop the joker and it's not a batman episode it's not about batman batman comes in he's featured and he's the one who stops the joker but it's from charlie's point of view right and that's the genius of it because batman is supposed to be this guy with this big myth behind him he's supposed to be scary when he shows up and so you want to see it from the villain's point of view or from somebody else's point of view you don't want to tell the story from Batman's point of view, usually, unless it's when he's playing the detective. Yeah. And that's, and when, and well, I don't know. Yeah, we do. We might have another episode where he plays detective, but that's another thing that this show knew really well, that it's not, Batman's not the most interesting. It's the same thing with Buffy. I feel like Buffy is the one of the least interesting characters. The, the strength of that show is the ensemble. I was hoping Buffy would come up. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, and they knew that Batman is just like the guy that you want to center things because Batman's the rogues gallery is like what makes Batman so strong. Yeah. And so I don't know. So they're very they're very careful in what they do with Batman. It's not to say that they don't ever do Batman centric stories and show things from Batman's perspective, but they just know what parts to highlight. And they also know that it's not about him fighting bad guys, you know, because the Joker is the Joker is a dangerous guy because of his madness and like the weird shit that he's coming up with. Like when he pretends to be scared that he's caught and then throws a bomb at Batman, they know that Joker's it's not like this big hand to hand fight, you know. So anyway, I don't know. I I just thought this would be a good this is a good first episode. Get you acclimated with the show. Show you the Joker, which you have to see because this is like one of mark hamill's best performances yeah i'm in for three more episodes yeah Uh, as i'm contractually obligated (laughs) but yeah i think it'll only get better from here and 
we get to see a little more of the cool stuff that they started to do. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. What's the next episode? The next episode is the Cape and Cal Conspiracy. Nice. Which I actually have the comic book it's based on, which I think is cool. That's very cool. You can cut that out. (laughs) We all think that's cool. (laughs) If I could reach across the table, I'd give you a little pat on the head. I can't. We're very far apart. Again, contractually Contractually obligated. obligated. (laughs) All right. Well, if the world's still around next week, we'll be back with our second Batman the Animated Series episode. All right. See you next time and have an amazing week.